Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may be hearing this. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode 261 of Bible Bites as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. My reading today is found in Daniel chapter 10 through 11. And I know the last few uh, versions and episodes that we've done have been very long uh, because Daniel is a very, very rich book. But today's should not be um, near as long as we wrap this up, although these chapters are rich as well. And so I do hope you are reading them along with me. In Daniel chapter 10 through 12, we're concluding the book of Daniel today. In chapter 10, Daniel tells us the, the time period when this happens. It's the third year of Cyrus's reign where there is some historical um, disagreement, I guess, about Darius and Cyrus and which ones these may be that are referred to in the book of Daniel. So, you know, I can't speak to that with any uh, firm. I'm not a historian, so I can't speak to that with any firm conclusions. But I'm assuming this is approximately five in the 530s BC, possibly around 538, 536, something like that. Daniel at this time would be in his mid to upper 80s. So he is, he is just about to uh, probably be, be dying off the scene here. Um, apparently he did die during Cyrus's reign, because we're told in chapter 6, verse 28, that that's the, the last king that he ruled or that he served under. And so it was apparently not long probably after he sees these visions here and wraps up his book. So in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 10, Daniel receives this prophetic word and it so disturbs him, he goes on a 21-day fast. He fasts all uh, delicacies, sweet foods of any kind, um, enticing foods, etc., wine and meat. And he fasts and prays because he wants to understand the word. Now then we have um, this mention in this chapter. First of all, in verses 4 through 6, we see Daniel um, seeing when he's by the river Tigris, in the first month, the 24th day of the month, very possibly a vision of Jesus Christ. When we look at this and see his description and then compare it with other places, <clears throat> such as in the book of Revelation, where there are visions of Jesus, Revelation chapter 1, etc. So when we compare that, it's very likely that this was a vision of the Lord Jesus himself. We're told that Daniel, again, is beloved but he still is is all held in awe, and he's still he's still in awe and fearful in a sense, in respect and reverence of this holy presence and holy environment that he finds himself in. I want to read to you verse twelve here, and it says he's he's uh, interacting with this man that comes on the scene, and he says, then he said to me. Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. 
And so we see that, uh, that our prayers mean something. Our prayers are effective. Daniel has gone on this 21-day fast, and in his fast, he is praying. He's fasting and praying for understanding. He's wanting to, to know the vision. He's wanting to understand. It's troubled him. And so this angel is saying, you know, your her prayer was heard day one. But, and then he goes on and he talks to him about this prince of Persia that has um, withstood him. And Michael, the archangel, has to come in and, and fight him and that kind of thing. Now, this gets into other issues that we're not going to cover today. But I do want to point out that spiritual warfare is true. And so there was a battle or a hindrance of sorts that was going on because you have the forces of evil against the forces of God's light and the kingdom of light. And that is um, a battle that is ongoing in a sense. Now, Jesus has defeated Satan at the cross, but that doesn't mean that Satan's not still trying to interfere and trying to um, attack people and trying to stop God's work. Of course he is, and he will continue to until Jesus takes care of him in Revelation chapter 19 and 20, throws him in the, in the lake of fire, and, you know, he's dealt with forever. But until then, he's still battling. And so this, this brings us to this issue of spiritual warfare that is true and very valid, and it does occur sometimes. But he says, this man uh, tells him, he says in verse 14, Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people, the Jewish people, in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. So we know that this is a prophetic word that applies to these, uh, these last days and end times that we see ourselves in. So he goes on and you see that that chapter 11 is a complete continuation of chapter 10. As a matter of fact, he's mid-sentence in the end of chapter 10 and goes into more in the beginning of chapter 11 in our Bible. So the divisions in our scriptures were given for our aid. But when the original scriptures were written, it was all one. It was a continuation of the thought. And so in chapter 11, it's a fairly long chapter but it deals with and pro, uh, predicts and prophesies about coming kingdoms, military campaigns, um, much more detail. Because in here you find out that the Grecian Empire that's going to rise, for instance, back in, uh, we saw that in form, in summary form, in Nebuchadnezzar's statue earlier in the book, and then also in another place earlier in the book with the the three beasts that were, you know, uh, Daniel saw in one of the chapters. And so now we come to this and we get a lot more information. So you find out here, for instance, the Grecian Empire, that it would be um, broken and it would be divided into four, four different divisions. And that has happened uh, according to history. So a lot of history of the kingdoms that were coming and history that covers actually the 400 years uh, intertestamental period that we call it between the ending of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, all of that is found here, and history can tell you that that is true. 
so where those 400 years may be called by some as silent years, but they really were not silent. The details about more of what happened during those 400 years is right here in Daniel chapter 11 in quite a bit of detail, actually, and a good bit of it is military campaigns and other things. Now, he does speak um, in detail about things that happened in history, but I want to point out a few things to you, especially as you get toward the end, um, beginning in, let's say, verse 31 and following, you will see that not only did it speak of, let's say, um, for instance, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes that came in, you know, the 165 or so BC, desecrated the temple, set up the abomination. We had the Maccabean revolt and all of that that happened in that intertestamental period. So there's a historic element. But also, this really, in this latter part of the chapter, speaks also prophetically about who we typically call the Antichrist or the, the false Christ, the one that's going to arise in the latter days and is going to also establish another abomination of desolations. How do we know that? Because the first one happened in approximately 165 with Antiochus Epiphanes. This was BC now. And then we have Jesus coming on the scene. And in Matthew chapter 24 and in Mark 13, he tells us that there's another time coming when that will occur again. So this is after the first one has happened. And it, it has not happened yet. This second time, it has not happened yet. It is coming in what we typically refer to as Christians as the tribulation coming yet in the future. So you need to understand that though this book is speaking about things that are very uh, historical, yet there is also partially that double fulfillment, which is common with prophetic words in Scripture, that is coming in the latter days as well. So there is another coming abomination of desolation that will be established in the Jewish temple. So all of that points us to the end times. I want to point out in verse 32 of chapter 11, it, the latter part of that verse says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits or carry out great works and those kinds of things. I just want to point out this. It is very important to know God. You know, a lot of people might know about God. A lot of people might have heard about him. A lot of people might have heard about Jesus. You might know about God, but do you know God? Do you know him personally? That's what this is talking about. It's in that personal relationship that you can be strengthened and carry out great things for the kingdom of God, no matter what period of time you are living in. And so, uh, beloved, I encourage you, friend, get to know God. Enter a deep relationship with Him if you have not yet done that. And if you have become a Christian, you've gotten saved, you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then get to know Him even more. How do you do that? You do it through prayer and the reading and study of his word, because that's how he will speak to you. He speaks to you and works within you through his Holy Spirit and through his word primarily. 
go to churches and be in fellowship with other godly Bible-believing Christians, and they will help strengthen your faith as well. But do not neglect your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because those who know God, know Him intimately, personally, will be strong and carry out great things for the kingdom of God. Daniel is told that this is until the time of the end. This is still for the appointed time. Here again, you'll hear that phrase appointed time in these last chapters of Daniel again. That reminds us that we are we are uh, reading the words of the Ancient of Days, the one who is keeping the time clock. He is the one who is in control in spite of all of the things that, that will be happening during that time. God is in control and he has an appointed time. He goes on in verse 36 at the end and says, For what has been determined shall be done. In other words, what God has already established, it will come to pass. Period. No questions asked. The only question is when and he and he alone controls the time clock. Then we get on over to chapter 12. And in chapter 12, you see Michael, this archangel. Uh, he's called the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, meaning the Jewish people. He stands up in support of these Jews as a watcher in that day, in this time of the great tribulation and in the end. And notice this, in the end it says this, At that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. It's interesting because the fall feast days are fastly upon us at the time of this recording. And the Jewish fall feast. And the um, one of them is coming up in just a few days, and that is the Day of Atonement. And as part of the Day of Atonement observance, the desire and the wish, part of the greeting to everyone, is may your name be inscribed in the Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life is what this is talking about, if your name is found written there. How is your name found written there? It's through faith in Jesus Christ. Every person... Jew, Gentile, foreigner, whatever, whatever nationality, whatever uh, religion, whatever you know, whatever you come from, whatever your background is, every single person must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be saved. There is, Acts tells us in Acts chapter four, there is no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Jesus came to Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, and Jesus tells him, you must be born again. And then in the Old Testament, we have references even here, and we have references in Psalm 87 about this, the Lord registering the people, writing their names in his book. In Revelation, it speaks of the Lamb's book of life. And, and friend, the most important decision you will ever make ever, as long as you have breath, is what will you do with Jesus Christ? Who do you say that he is? That question was posed to his disciples, and Peter stood up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what you must answer, just like I've had to answer that and every other believer. And who you believe about Jesus is whether we'll determine whether your name is in this book or not, 
The Lamb's book of life is for all those who will believe in Jesus and receive him as their Lord and Savior. And beloved, you can find out more about that in another teaching that I've done concerning the Lamb's Book of Life, and that is available through my website or on the Facebook page. But it's very important for you to understand that there are only two people in all of eternity. There's only two kinds of people, either those that are names, their names are written in the Book of Life, or those whose names are not. And whichever you are, that determines your eternal destiny, whether you will spend it in heaven with the Lord or whether you will spend it in eternal damnation in hell. It's just that simple. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you don't have to spend it in hell. He's provided the way, and there is a name given under heaven whereby you can be saved right now, and his name is Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world for you and for me so that we would not perish. Hallelujah. Praise God. When this final day of atonement comes at the second coming of the Lord and Jesus completely fulfills that then for the people of Israel, this will complete the work that Daniel said had to be done and accomplished when he gave his 70th week prophecy back in Daniel chapter 9, which we looked at yesterday. But I want to read verse 24 of Daniel 9 to you today when he says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city, meaning Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. That's going to be fully accomplished at Jesus' second coming. The first three elements of that were accomplished at his first coming. The final elements of that are going to be accomplished at his second coming, and he will complete the work. And at that time, it will continue and he will be given his eternal dominion that was promised him forever. Hallelujah. I want to read verse 4 to you as well. Daniel is told at the end of all of his visions and, and his prophetic words, he is told, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Then he says, Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase well, friend, we are living in those days. That is where we are today. People are running to and fro. There are flights and traffic everywhere. Everybody's going here and yon. And knowledge has increased exponentially. We are living in the days that this prophetic word is about to be completely fulfilled. He's told again, the words are closed up and sealed in verse 9 till the time of the end. And Daniel is trying, he wants to understand, but God is not allowing him to understand it right now. He tells him in verse 13, but you go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. And that's speaking about that final resurrection that will come. I trust that these messages are a blessing to you 
And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. God bless you today and tomorrow's episode. We begin the book of Hosea. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank <laughs> you.